Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Guardian. In April 2018 this year, uh, two women were arrested in the state of Terengganu for allegedly having sex uh, in the car. Earlier this year, two Malaysian women were caned after an Islamic law court convicted them of having sex. It was the first conviction for same-sex relations and the first time a caning had been carried out in public in the state. There was definitely a public outcry as a result of the caning. Um, people were very uh, upset by what had happened. But then there was also a small, I think there were also a group of people who were defending the caning. In Malaysia, LGBT rights are largely unrecognised and sodomy remains a criminal activity under British colonial era law. And things are getting worse. Uh, we've been seeing an escalation of violence against LGBT people. Um, so, you know, the, the case of the caning is part of this escalating violence that we are, we are seeing, right? And I think this is definitely increasing trauma and definitely decreasing the quality of life of LGBT people in Malaysia. This is Small Changes, a podcast about how sometimes the seemingly smallest change can have the biggest impact. This week, we meet Tilaga, who became part of the struggle for LGBT rights in Malaysia in response to experiences of discrimination on the grounds of sexual orientation and gender identity. Tilaga now promotes and protects the rights of others through the advocacy group Justice for Sisters, set up with others with similar experiences. Born and raised in Kuala Lumpur, Tilaga was a gender non-conforming child. I grew up in a conservative Indian family with like very traditional uh, gender roles where boys have to do this and girls have to do that. And there was also like a lot of discipline in, in, the, fa- in the household uh, where, you know, you have to obey your elders and things like that. It was too restrictive for me. So, uh, you know, I also uh, moved out when I was um, probably um, 18 or 19 when I went to uni. After university, Tilaga began doing voluntary work with the Malaysian AIDS Council. As a young person, I was already volunteering um, on issues related to HIV and, and, and that just really opened up a lot of opportunities for me to meet different types of people. Um, so when I was volunteering at the Malaysian AIDS Council, I met so many different types of drug users, sex workers, uh, people living with HIV, uh, gay men, transgender women um, and, 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 and other folks. Um, and so I think that sort of led me into uh, different types of activism, I guess. In Malaysia, discrimination against the LGBT community is rampant. 
Section 377 of the Penal Code is a British colonial era law dating back to 1860 that criminalises consensual homosexual conduct, punishable by whipping and 20 years in prison. Two women who pleaded guilty to attempting to have same-sex relations were caned six times at the Sharia High Court in Kuala Terengganu on Monday. The sentence was conducted behind closed doors in the courtroom. Each woman was caned individually by a female officer from the Kajang Women's Prison. I was in court and, and I, to observe the caning and um, we could definitely see that, you know, that the second woman was hit slightly harder and... Um, you know, we saw her crying uh, in court, and, and that was observed by a lot of people, and, and that was also reported in the media. Sharia caning is not similar to civil whipping. It is not meant to hurt, and the cane should not be swung from a level above the head. Corporal punishment is a form of torture, period, right? Uh, it is not so much about the severity of the pain, but there's also psychological harm that occurs when people are Caned. So we can imagine the kind of trauma on, on, on the two people. Malaysia has a dual legal system of Sharia and civil law. And Sharia law also bans cross-dressing. This law basically uh, is used to target um, transgender women. So, you know, in the past we have seen, um, you know, a lot of arbitrary arrests and detention. We've also seen uh, cases where... The religious authorities in Malaysia uh, have arrested people during in the, in the broad daylight, you know, um, where they've gone to like premises uh, where trans women work and, um, and and have arrested them. You know, then there are also arrests of like um, uh, trans women in 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 certain you know hotspots or uh, areas where trans women usually frequent, right? So that there are plenty of cases of uh, trans women, uh, are plenty of situations in which uh, trans women have been arrested under this law. So that that includes like when they were buying uh, food or like out, you know, just um, socializing with friends and things like that. Islamic conservatism in Malaysia is only growing. Campaigns have been run in schools and universities against LGBT rights and the government has endorsed gay conversion therapy. The state-funded and state-sponsored anti-LGBT programs and promotion of rehabilitation and conversion therapy uh, definitely has a huge impact on LGBT people. So in the past few years, we've definitely seen an increase of misinformation um, about sexual orientation, gender identity and LGBT people. We've also seen uh, an increase of uh, hate crimes, degrading comments and aggression online and offline. This is definitely um, escalating because just after the recent elections, uh, we've seen a lot more people you know, fight, um, sharing with us and complaining to us about the online aggression and discrimination and violence that they've been facing. We've also been documenting uh, increase of uh, hate crimes. We've seen some vigilante groups, uh, you know, coming up in different states in Malaysia. Uh, and these are new things, um, you know, that has happened, that, that has happened in the last, you know, two to three years. And when arrested, the accused often find themselves with no option other than to plead guilty as in the case of the Malaysian women who were caned back in September. 
it was reported in the media that in, in July they pleaded not guilty and uh, later they in, in August they changed their plea and pleaded guilty instead. Um, and it's really very difficult to um, to find uh, Sharia friendly Sharia lawyers uh, to defend LGBT people. Uh, we've been in situations where, you know, um, where transgender women had to change their plea, who initially uh, pleaded not guilty, they had to change their plea uh, and, you know, and, and pleaded guilty in the end because we couldn't find a lawyer or find a friendly Sharia lawyer. Um, a lot of times as well, um, you know, even in, in situations where you find um, you know, a, a lawyer to represent you. I think, you know, a lot of times lawyers also provide uh, inadequate counsel. In many cases, we've uh, we've heard, you know, uh, trans women telling us, sharing with us that they've been, you know, encouraged to plead guilty um, so that, you know, it cuts down time and hassle and, and things like that. A lot of times, um, you know, LGBT people and especially trans people have very limited access to justice. After the break, we hear how Tilaga founded Justice for Sisters and how she's pressuring the government to make life easier for Malaysia's LGBT community. It has also helped us hold the government accountable, right? So every time we encounter discrimination or violence uh, in Malaysia against LGBT persons, we, we also then uh, reiterate the recommendations received by the government at the UN. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. In this week's Books Podcast, we discuss race and identity with the philosopher Kwame Anthony Appiah and ravens. Yes, that's right. Those big black birds that are held so sacred in British folklore that it's believed the nation will fall if they ever forsake the Tower of London. So raven master Chris Scaife has a big job on his hands. Meet them both, or should that be all, on the Guardian Books Podcast. Welcome back to Small Changes. I'm Lucy Lamble. Before the break, we heard from Tilaga about the growing harassment and criminalisation of Malaysia's LGBT community. Against this background, Tilaga founded advocacy group Justice for Sisters, documenting cases of discrimination against LGBT people. We mainly you know, engage in a lot of human rights processes. Uh, you know, we do a lot of human rights documentation and with this human rights documentation, we sort of, you know, we sort of um, produce reports and, um, and, and we try to do a lot of advocacy uh, based on 
the findings and the humorous documentation that we do. So, for example, uh, Justice for Sisters does a lot of um, human rights documentation uh, on cases of cases of arrest and detention, and also cases of discrimination uh, against transgender women. So as a result, we have been able to push out a lot more uh, narratives and, and also change some discourse, right? We've been able to visibilize um, uh, some of the discrimination uh, faced by transgender people that, were, that was previously quite invisible and hidden. So for example, we um, worked with the Human Rights Watch to produce, uh, to produce a report um, and so the I Am Scared to Be a wom uh, Woman report is available online, uh, and, and that documents um, cases of uh, violence against uh, transgender women particularly, right? Um, and then we've also, you know, Justice for Sisters and other groups have also done a lot of public education campaigns. Uh, we've produced a lot of content um, that, you know, that's available online. Tilaga is also able to hold the Malaysian government to account as they are a signatory of the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women, CEDAW for short. Malaysia has the responsibility to periodically be reviewed by the CEDAW committee. Um, so in 2018, when Malaysia uh, submitted its report on the status of uh, women, Justice for Sisters, along with the civil society groups, also, you know, uh, submitted a shadow report in which, you know, we also detailed the human rights situation of uh, LBT persons. And as a result, you know, um, of this process at the UN, you know, there were several recommendations that were given to the Malaysian government, um, uh, you know, and including to amend laws, to... Um, take measures to uh, stop state-sponsored and state-funded programs, uh, to implement anti-bullying uh, campaigns in schools and things like that. I, I think with these recommendations that we've received you know, at, uh, at the UN level, it has also helped us hold the government accountable, right? So every time we encounter discrimination or violence uh, in Malaysia against LGBT persons, we, we also then uh, reiterate the recommendations received by the government at the UN. Campaigning for LGBT rights is not without its difficulties. The Sexuality Medica Festival that Taliga helped to organise as an LGBT awareness raising event was banned by the Malaysian government, which described it as a free sex festival. Um, you know, a lot of LGBT organising uh, gets shut down very quickly uh, because of the environment that we live in. Some of, my, some of our friends have also faced like um, different types of reprisals. Um, so, you know, we, we face different types of reprisals. Like, for example, um, Nisha, one of my colleagues, had faced um, physical assault um, because of a you know because of a visibility we've also faced different types of um, online um, monitoring and surveillance you know because of um, the visibility of lgbt activism none of us have been like arrested because of our lgbt uh, activism directly but we face different types of uh, you know restriction persecutions and things like that Tilaga is under no illusions that there's still much that remains to be done. In terms of our advocacy, you know, we do want to ensure that um, 
state-funded programs and um, state-endorsed pro programs uh, against LGBT people, they are stopped, right? It is not the role of the state um, to endorse and to fund anti-LGBT programs uh, because they have, you know, such long-term harm. And, and also, you know, um, it also has a lot of economic costs that the state has to bear, you know, in the future. For, for example, when the state uh, funds um, conversion therapy programs or rehabilitation programs, and, and it has a huge impact in terms of like uh, the quality of health and well-being of LGBT persons and the people around them. So, you know, when the state is funding such programs right now, it is not only uh, increasing discrimination, but it also uh, increasing it is also putting itself in a position where it has to deal with the economic cost and the social cost of it in the, in the future. It may be a struggle, but Tilaga still finds plenty of inspiration to continue her work in the LGBT community. I'm not so big on like big achievements. Um, I, I like these little things, right? Little things that make every day more bearable. Um, so I think, you know, there are a lot of very inspiring, intelligent, uh, very passionate people that I work with, and they make everything more possible. If you liked this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop me a line at podcasts at theguardian.com. Small Changes was produced by Simon Barnard. I'm Lucy Lamble. Thanks for listening. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.